is from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Let's open our hearts and our minds to receive the wisdom and the energy from the words of God. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, Capernaum, and I practiced it all morning. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, some in, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around, and there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And Jesus was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four men. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let him down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. I love this story. It's not in the lectionary, so I don't get to preach on it during the course of preaching the lectionary. So when I decided to do uh, a series on walking your faith, I was like, this is a good story. Jesus returns home to his hometown. This is a little hot. Test, 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 test. There we go. That's better. No, it's not. Is that better? better okay anyway so Jesus returns to his hometown and and people are excited and like this guy can help us and they're you know some of them are just there to listen to him because obviously he was a good speaker so they're they're packed in the house and, and they're listening and and these four friends have one of their friends is paralyzed and they say ah all we have to do is get our friend to Jesus, and he'll be healed. But they can't even get in the door because there's so many folks there. And so they take him up on the roof, and they do a little remodeling on this person's house. They dig through the roof. This is still feedback, isn't it? Let's... 
Lent, folks. Oh, there we go. It's Lent, so things happen during Lent. Okay, so they dismantle this poor guy's house and then lower their friend down on the floor. And, and I'm imagining this friend. First of all, we don't know anything about what he thinks about this whole project. Does he like being the center of attention, to being a spectacle? Probably not. I mean, is, is he saying, is this really a good idea, guys? Like, eventually Jesus is going to have to get out and go somewhere else. Can we see him later? Does it have to be today? One of the things that I find interesting is that when people want to see me, they don't want, it, it's, it's so hard for them to come to see the pastor. I'm so intimidating. I spend hours cultivating this aura of intimidation. And I am thrilled that it is working. But for people to get up the, the nerve to come and see me, and then like when they're ready, it's like, okay, can I see you? They're like, sure, uh, I, I, you know, I can see you tomorrow. It's like, oh, you can't, I can't see you today? It's like, uh, yeah, it's 3 o'clock. Okay. So, you know, when they're ready, they're ready. And these people are obviously, they're ready to get their friend to Jesus. And they, they don't care if they have to dismantle this person's house. They probably don't care what their friend actually thinks about it. They get their friend up, and they lower him. And then Jesus does this very odd thing. They see the faith of the friends who lowered this man down to the floor. And in Mark, what's interesting in the Gospel of Mark, you need to understand that each one of the Gospel writers have a different understanding of faith in healing. And in the Gospel of Mark, even Jesus cannot heal anybody without someone's faith. Okay? In, in the Gospel of Mark, faith always precedes healing. In the Gospel of John, it's just the opposite. Jesus heals people and Jesus does miracles so that people will believe. It's a totally different understanding of who Jesus is in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus heals people because that's just who Jesus is. He loves people, so he heals them. But in Gospel of Mark, no faith, no healing. There's one point where he's, he just he remarks that he, he just is amazed at their unbelief because he just can do so little. So in the Gospel of Mark, faith is important, and you need to hear this in the story. It's the friend's faith that allow the healing to take place. But he doesn't say, son, get up and walk. He says, your sins are forgiven. What do you think when he says that? I know what the scribes say. They're like, this is blasphemy. Who can forgive sin but God alone? But what do you think when... A paralyzed man is dropped from a roof that has been dismantled to the floor, and the friends aren't there so that his sins will be forgiven. Why did the friends bring him? So he can walk. And Jesus says, oh, your sins are forgiven. What do you think when he says that? I'm curious. That's not very helpful. Right. What's that? Who said he was a sinner anyway? If you're not a sinner, raise your hand. Everyone is. But, on, but you know, 
Some churches really deal with sin. Oh, sinner. How many of you grew up in churches where, you know, they, they talked about sin a lot? Okay. And we respond to that by not talking about it at all, which is not particularly helpful, ultimately, because we all feel bad about something. Anybody here not feel bad about something in their life? Okay. Your sins are forgiven. It's an odd thing to say. And yet, th- there is a wonderful video that Brit- that um, Vicky finds the coolest videos. The one that she didn't share with you because we're, we're trying to figure out whether we can do. It's with the cell phone at the beginning of the worship. It's this lovely thing where they say, you know, if your cell phone goes off during worship, you will be charged $25. And if your cell phone goes off during prayer time, you will be charged $50. And if your cell phone goes off when the minister is preaching and then the person goes flames, you will go straight to hell. It's an hysterical video. So Vicky is great at finding the greatest videos. This video is about the reason why people don't come to church. And this young woman says, if you knew what I had done, you wouldn't want me here. And this older gentleman says, if you knew what I had done, you wouldn't be worried. Okay. I had a member in my last church who was an Air Force pilot during Vietnam. And at the safety of 35,000 feet, he carpet bombed places. And he is, when he allows himself to really deal with it, he realizes how many people lost their lives because when he was in the safety of his cockpit, he pushed a button and dropped ordnance and people died. And he was one of those people who could say, I don't care what you've done. If you knew what I had done, you wouldn't be worried that this was a safe place for you to come, that we wouldn't judge you for what you've done. Your sins are forgiven. That may have been the thing that, that might have helped this man more than being able to walk. Really. Think about it. Some people go their whole lives burdened. I see so many times when, like, mothers and daughters are estranged. And then at the end of their lives, they, they, you know, the mom's on the deathbed and the daughter comes and, the, and they have this wonderful reconciliation. And it's the most healing thing that could ever happen. And sometimes the daughters are even left money after the mom dies. But what means the most is not the money, but it's that reconciliation, it's that forgiveness that happens between mom and daughter or between father and son or between aunt and whatever, or between somebody. Your sins are forgiven. That's an amazing thing to say. And then he says, but so that you know that I can do this, pick up your mat and walk. And, and what's cool is, and, and then go, and he says, and then go home. Really. He doesn't say, you know, pick up your mat, walk, sit here in the front, and, and enjoy, you know, I- enjoy the homily. He doesn't say that. He says, go home. Don't be a spectacle 
today. People are going to look at you different your whole life long because what I've done for you. But today, just go home. What a beautiful thing. And think about these friends. You are all friends to somebody, whether you want to be or not. You are. That was supposed to be funny. Okay. It was an attempt at humor that failed clearly. But we are all friends. And the thing is, is that I had a woman at my last church, and, and she would always she, she prayed for everybody else in the church. But she never would pray for herself because she wasn't worthy of God's attention. Everybody else in the church was, but she wasn't. Like, do you see the inconsistency here? Do you think God loves you any less than God loves them? Well, you know, God's a busy person, and other people have more needs than I do. So friends see in us what we need, and they say, man, you are worthy of being healed. You are worthy of God's unconditional love. You are worth more than you could possibly imagine. Some people who receive those hats don't feel worthy. Some people who receive those hats, their families have abandoned them. Some people who receive those hats have lost their hair, and they feel like they deserved it. I had a woman who attempted to commit suicide when I was a chaplain. She was Catholic. She fell over backwards. She, her legs were trapped under her for 48 hours. She lost her legs. She said, you know, God took my legs. God took my legs, and I deserved that because I attempted to commit suicide. I tell you what, I made very little progress with her, and it pains me to this day. She felt that losing her legs was just. We get these ideas in our head. And as our friends who say, hello, snap out of it. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And I am willing, I am so sure of God's love for you that I am willing to dismantle this man's house. I am willing to do whatever it takes to take apart Bill Parker's house to get you the healing that you need. Not in my house, but no problem at Bill's. No, that's how much I understand that God loves me. And that's the part of walking our faith for this story. This man ends up being able to walk. But again, in Mark, without faith, no healing, and it's not his faith. That's remarkable. This is probably unique in Mark, where it's not the man's faith. Well, it's probably not the man's, but it's someone else's faith. But again, a friend's faith. When you pray for someone as a friend, don't just think you're just speaking into the night. You're not. You are storming the heavens use a phrase from Sister Phillips. Storm the heavens and don't be afraid to dismantle Bill Parker's house. You need to, you know, get that person. And then 
I love Bill. Bill, I won't. Don't, actually, don't be kind to him now. He'll be very mad. It's okay. He'll fix it. The good news of today's story is that the one who sees that we need to walk also forgives our sin so that we can forgive ourselves for anything that we feel we may have done doing our job an hour lay 10 people off you will feel this you had no choice in it but you will feel that and know that whatever happens your sins are forgiven Take up your mat and walk because of friends. And hopefully we can be friends for you today. And that's good news. Amen.